Amen. We are in a series entitled Restoring Joy, and I want to talk to you this morning about expecting joy. Expecting joy. Uh, I have two daughters, and the youngest one is just now, uh, she's a little over the two, but it was an interesting birth, okay? It was an interesting uh, time for Beth and I, so Adelie, uh, you know, you, you expect as a, as a parent, you know, the belly's growing, you get the nursery ready, and, and there's all that time of expectancy to get everything ready and prepared, and in fact, we even moved to a new house because the apartment uh, that we were in before, our renter, uh, we were renting, and, and we couldn't have it, we didn't have enough bedrooms, so we come and we move to, you know, just outside of town and buy a house and get all that set up, and the day comes, and then that day passes, and another day passes, and another day passes. It's like a week later, this kid still hadn't come out. She didn't want to meet the world yet, apparently. And so we're thinking, what in the world is going to happen? And then her parents, knowing the deadline, you know, the, Ari, our first child, was born on the exact due date. All right? So we're thinking, they're Heath Harris's kids. They're punctual, right? Uh, they're organized. They're on time. The second one was not that way. So she was late. Her parents had come down to our house, and they'd already taken off work, and they lived 10 hours away, and they were having to go back very soon, like the next day or two. They were gonna, we're like, you got to eat some Mexican food, you need to go on a jog, you gotta, whatever you got to do to get this kid out of here. And so uh, we began to, she went, we got, uh, the, the pain started coming, so we went and got a hotel outside of the hospital and, and began to walk, nothing. And then, next, and then the hospital said, just stay where you are. Don't come in. Just keep doing what you're doing. And nothing. Finally, we had called the hospital, said, hey, it's going to happen any day. We're going to come and blah, blah, blah. Nothing. Here we are. The day of, it happens. We, we get out of the hotel. She says she's coming. We rush to the hospital, just which is like, you know, the half a block over from Rapides Hospital. And we get in. And guess what? Knock on the door. It's, it's Memorial Day, by the way. It's a holiday. There's no nurses hardly there. The doctor's not even there. I'm sitting in the waiting room, and I'm like buzzing on the door. Hey, I got a lady here who's about to have a baby. Okay, sir, would you just please have a seat, take a minute, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not a, I'm a very patient, soft person. But in this moment, I'm thinking, there is a baby coming in the waiting room. Lady, open the door, let us in. Okay, just a minute, sir. We're blah, 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 blah. We got somebody... I'm thinking, here we go. We're going to have a baby in the waiting room, in a hospital. Finally, we get in the door, and as soon as they get her up on the table, the nurse is like, oh, how are you? I'm thinking, lady, lady, here, I'm, we've been calling. You're not ready yet. Then the doctor wasn't there, and we get in there, and she's like, and she gets ready. She's like, oh, she's coming. She's here. And I'm like, yeah, no, duh, lady, I've been trying to tell you. Uh, so they didn't have the warmer working. The dot didn't know where the doctor was. They didn't even know where our paperwork was. And this is the hospital for labor and delivery, right? And so I'm not, ex- there. I'm expecting, but they were not expecting. Now, it's a funny story, and everything worked out great, and she was born beautiful, and, and something about that expectant joy of a parent, right? Man, you have been expecting something, and then you got to count the ten fingers and the ten toes, and even you post it on Facebook, and even people who hate you say, oh, how pretty, it's so wonderful, it's, you know, the baby is born. Everybody likes that expectant joy of a newborn baby, right? But it's interesting how that joy and that expectancy is tied together. I was expecting uh, this child for nine months, and that delay of expectancy even heightened the joy and the excitement when she came. And yet, on the other hand, 
a hospital who is trained and prepared for labor and delivery, despite my calls, wasn't expecting. I think the same is true for some Christians today, some people in the world today. It's the expectancy that when I have longed for something or someone to appear, and when they do, man, I've got joy. And then on the other side, there are those who are so-called Christians who have been trained in the expert ways of churchianity, yet somehow, I believe, will be unprepared to be meeting their Savior in the air with joy. It doesn't matter where you're qualified, where you've got it all together, where you know the Bible. I know people who don't believe in God know the Bible far better than I do. My professors in college could quote ancient hieroglyphics about the Bible, and they don't know Jesus. But there's something about expecting who God is. And then when God shows up in your life, you meet him with joy. The word joy in Scripture means this. It means a crying, a a ringing cry, rather. A ringing cry. It means a shout of gladness. It means rejoicing. In one word of joy, it means to sing in triumph. In other words, joy is not quiet. Joy is not this little thing. And joy in Scripture is more than just an emotion. If you look into it, joy means something that is into your heart, but yet it does not stay there. Joy is birthed in the heart, but joy in Scripture always does two things. It comes upward, and then it comes outward. Joy is birthed in the heart, but it always comes upward and then outward. Because joy is deeper than just happiness. I got my Kit Kat bar. Today's a good day. That's not joy. Or, you know, hey, my car started today. Sometimes for some of us, that might be joy. But, (laughs) best Christian, right? Uh, But joy is something birthed in the heart that comes upward and outward. And in Scripture, uh, it is always the mark of God's people. For instance, if that new parent when I got my child and, and I w- my child was born after nine months of expectation, especially after that episode, uh, I didn't just go, hey, hands in my pocket. Awesome. Go, Beth. Yep. You know, tomorrow I got to go do this and I got to do that and I got a potluck on at home, you know, and I just, no, man, you are excited. You're smiling. You're going to sing songs over that baby. And for sure, all of you are going to post something on Facebook. Because everybody needs to know how beautiful my baby girl is. Amen? Three of you. Okay. You're all on my naughty list. All right. Joy. It's greater than any other joy when it's in the Lord. It's greater than any other fear. It's a joy that when it's in Christ and birthed in Christ, it is at the heart of the believer and proceeds upward and outward. Has your belief in God's word led to expectancy? Has your expectancy birthed joy? And has your joy been made full in Christ? And is your joy coming upward and outward? Can you define and look at your life and look at what you've expected in Christ and say, you know what, my joy is new every morning. My joy is a shout of gladness. My joy in Christ is a song of triumph. And my joy is coming upward 
and outward. Let me give you the background of John chapter 1, verse 29. I want to talk to you this morning about expecting joy or expectant joy. What does it mean to expect joy? Israel was in a bad state. Israel is in a bad state. They had come out of exile. It had been 400 years since the last prophet had ever spoken anything. The Holy Spirit, in fact, was removed from Israel. They had been conquered by the Roman Empire. The, the, the religious people of that day were, or, or, man, they were hypocrisy. Uh, the high priest was even bought off by Rome to lead the, the people in a certain direction. There was fear uh, over rebellion in the streets. There was rumors of war. Uh, in fact, the, the puppet king, Herod, who was on the throne at the time of Jesus' birth, uh, he was appointed by Rome himself. He was a false king, a face king. He wasn't even a real Jew, in fact. In that day, the rich were getting richer and the poor were getting poorer. There was no health care plan. There was none of that. If you were on the street, you were destitute, you were homeless, there was nothing for you. If you got arrested by a Roman, you were in prison and you could not even live. You were likely to die of some sort of disease and only if you had family would you have any food. It was a horrible day to be alive. And this is the very day God thought, let's give hope. Let's give hope. And in this day, there was a young man by the name of John the Baptist. And he was miraculously born of two people, Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were expecting the Lord to come. And in that day, John began to grow up. He was filled with the Spirit of God. His parents knew he would be a forerunner of Christ. And he knew in his heart as well, he's coming. John knew to expect someone. As John began to do his ministry, God impressed upon John, don't go into the priesthood like your dad, Zechariah. In fact, leave all of your family pedigrees and go out of the wilderness like a crazy man. Put some woolly fur and stuff on, eat some locusts and some wild honey, and get out there and start prophesying. He says, and another thing, John, I want you to do. John, I want you to start baptizing people. And John, I know you're expecting the Messiah to come. It's in your heart. You're expecting the Savior of Israel to come. As you begin baptizing in faith, John, one guy that you're going to baptize, you're going to see the Holy Spirit come upon him. And that guy, John, as you step out in faith, John, is going to be the one. And John does that. And probably for about six months or more even, John has been baptizing people. He has been baptizing and baptizing. Nope. That's not him. But he's preaching repentance. He's preaching the expectancy of God to come. He's preaching that salvation and joy is coming to Israel again. Our deliverer is coming. Let's baptize another. Nope. Baptize another. Nope. Baptize another. Nope. And then the next just one day it happens. John baptizes a guy. In fact, it's his cousin, Jesus. He comes up out of the water. Boom. There's the Holy Spirit descends on him. And he says to all of them, he says, guess what? Behold. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's him. That's the one I was expecting. That's the one that's been coming. He's the one that's been prophesied. This guy, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. He's not. The, he, I've been baptizing with water. But this guy, this is the guy I've been expecting. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to winnow all the evil out of this world. He's going to restore joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Man, God is about to show up and show out on the world scene today. That's what he was expecting, and it arrived. Guess what? John was, I mean, crowds of thousands were coming to John. This guy was a powerful evangelist, revivalist. And 
All of a sudden, John's crowd started getting slower and smaller and smaller. People weren't showing up to church with John anymore. John gets word, hey, guess what? They're having church with that dude Jesus you baptized just a few weeks ago. That's where all the, the attendance is. Man, our ushers can't even count. The, there's nothing in the offering plate, John. There's the, the, the worship team didn't even show up today. John, they're over there across the river with that guy Jesus. And John had a smile on his face. And they're like, John, why are you so happy? Why are you so glad that your ministry is failing? Look what he says in John, verse 29. John, why are you joyful? He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him, look what he says, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So what does he say? So this joy of mine has been made full. When your joy is full, what are you? Joyful. Joyful. My joy has been made full. I am joyful. He says, he must increase and I must decrease. This is a picture of a wedding. You know, in ancient times where we have a bride and her beautiful dress walks down the aisle and meets the groom, in Jewish culture, it was the other way around. The bridegroom, the groom, would come and get the bride and take her back to the wedding party. And John says, man, it's like this. I'm the best man. And I've been standing there with the wedding bride. And when that groom turns the corner, I am so happy to see my best friend wedded to this girl. You know how it is when, when that expectancy in a wedding, you guys are all sitting there in the audience and that piano player starts that organ. Dun, 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 dun. What happens? Everybody stands up. Everybody is supposed to, if you don't know this, turn your shoulder to the bride and you follow her with your shoulder all the way down the aisle. And then when she gets up there, then they do the ceremony and you can sit down when the pastor tells you to, right? Because there's this expectancy and everybody goes, oh, she's so pretty. Look how, and everybody's, look at that flower girl. There's this procession of joy and everybody's happy and people are even crying, but they're crying with joy. And John said, it's the same way, guys. I have been expecting someone so beautiful, so lovely, so awesome, and he's here. Now I'm joyful, and I'm joyful that he has come for his bride. Expectant joy. In fact, when it says rejoice greatly, it means double joy. And he says, my joy has been doubled, for my joy is now full because I have expected him. You know, John wasn't the only one that was joyful at Jesus' coming. You think about the shepherds. When the angel comes to the shepherds, what does he say? I am going to bring you great news. Guess what he says? I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And then when the shepherds go find Jesus, what happens? They sing praise. They shout. They glorify God. Then they go tell somebody else all over the villages how awesome it is. Hope has arrived. You see, their joy was birthed in their heart. And went upward and outward. The wise men too. These wise men were following him for months on this star. I mean, some people even think maybe even a year or longer. These guys were traveling to find him. And look what it says in uh, Matthew chapter 10 verse 2. When the wise men saw the star, it says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's a lot of joys. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Joy. In fact, if you look at the original words there, it means they had loud, expressive joy. 
rejoicing exceedingly with great joy. Double joy, double joy, double joy. It means that they were, I mean, when the wise men found the house, because they had been expecting someone something great for so long, when they got there, I believe, they began to shout They began to clap their hands. They began to have a hoorah, hooray. We found the king. And what happens when they got there? They walk in and they bow down and they give great treasure. Their joy was birthed in their heart because of expectancy. And their joy manifested itself upward and outward. Same thing with Simeon and Anna, these two great elder Jewish people uh, who saw Jesus getting dedicated eight days old in the temple. When they found him and they saw him in the temple, they ran over to him. They embraced him. They rejoiced over him and said, God, now I have seen your salvation. I can now die in peace because, man, hope has come. The king has come. My deliverer has come. You see, it matters what you expect from God. It matters who you expect God to be. I look at the Christian scene today and I see so many Christians overwhelmed with worldly things. They're depressed, they're anxious, they're full of fear and anxiety. We complain and argue, we, we fight and we can bicker and we can debate over all the things that could be what color. I mean, there are churches that split over carpet color and, and pews or projectors or song choices or, or different things. And we, we look and I'm thinking, God... What is on the scene? And we, we're, we're fearing who will be the president. We're fearing what the economy will do. But when you are expecting God to be who God says he is, there is no other option but to receive him and his word with joy. With joy. We are called to be the most joyful people on the face of the earth. Not because there's something inside of us but because Jesus Christ has been birthed in our hearts. And somebody tell your neighbor, say this, Jesus is joy. Jesus is joy. For instance, let me give you a little, bring it home here. Some of you guys may see a movie star. You're probably going to be a little giddy, especially ladies if he's good looking or something like that, right? And you see a movie star, you might be giddy. Oh, I want your autograph, how awesome it is. I got to see Tom Hanks at the restaurant or whatever, right? You're going to be excited. You may not be joyful. I wouldn't call that joyful. Be like glad, happy, put it on Facebook. But now, guess what? You don't have a movie star. You have the bright and morning star. You have the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the one who all angels sing his praise. That's the star you've been given. Think about this. You could have stage four cancer and someone says, you know what, sir, we've given you the best doctor money can buy. He is the world-renowned cancer specialist. You get to fly there for free. And guess what? You'll probably be joyful. You'll be happy. You'll be excited. You'll be relieved. But guess what? You're still going to have fear because you don't know if that doctor can actually help you or heal you. You don't know what he's going to do for you or if he can do anything for you. But while you can have happiness on this earth with the physician of man think about this you have the great physician you have the great i am the one who says he's the lord our healer he's the guy that when this holy spirit is inside of you he can raise you from the dead he's the one that when he comes in you he gives you life eternally says if you would trust and believe in me you'll never die that's the lord you've got and even for a president 
We can get excited and pack out Monroe, Louisiana. But you know what? Even when that guy shows up, some people clap and some people boo. This is the most powerful man on the face of the earth, the president of the United States. Some can like him, some can hate him, some can be in awe of him. But guess what? You and I have been given the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is mighty God, everlasting Father. This is the guy who commands heaven's armies. And when he shows up, demons flee, mountains are made low, the earth trembles at the sound of his name. And that's the guy who's on your side. And when he comes in the scene this day, he says, guess what? Your deliverer is here. I am for you, not against you. I'm on your team. So we should have joy because it matters. Who do you expect God to be? Is he like a president? Is he like an earthly doctor that may or may not can heal you? Is he like a movie star that's awesome to sing his name every now and then say, oh, I saw Jesus the other day. Or is it, man, he is the bright and morning star. He is the Lord, my physician. He is king of kings and Lord of lords. And in him, my joy is made full. Amen. It matters if your belief in God's word has led to expectancy. Remember that moment when uh, Clark Griswold on the Christmas vacation? I don't know how many of you watched this, but it's an annual show you got to watch in my house for Christmas. And, you know, he's all year long, he's expected this Christmas bonus. And at the end of the movie, he finally gets it and he opens it up and what happens? It's like the Jolly or the Jelly of the Month Club or something, right? And what happens? His crazy uh, cousin, whatever the guy is, uh, Eddie, yeah, he goes and he kidnaps the, uh, his boss and brings him in. It's a bad scene because why? He had expected a bonus, but he was met with disappointment. The Word of God says if you would put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, you'll never be put to shame. Everything you expect in him, if it's in his word, will come to pass. And, and when Paul says it in Romans 5, he says this, but we also boast now in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation will bring about perseverance and perseverance will bring proven character and proven character will bring expectation. There's another word that says hope there. It says that expectation does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He's saying what? He says, guys, even in bad times, I can anticipate goodness in Christ. Even in bad times, I have eager excitement that better times are going to come. Even in the midst of hurricanes of life with suspense, I will wait upon the Lord who renews my strength. My joy is coming in the morning because my joy is not in this world or in a president or a doctor or a celebrity. My joy is secure in Jesus Christ. I believe what the word says about this guy. Like John, when he showed up, he is everything we could have ever expected. Everything he could have ever expected give you three things to take home today is this. Expect joy in Jesus. Expect joy in Jesus. If you don't expect joy in him, you'll never receive joy in him. I think about all the Christians today, and, and hear me this. David got depressed, but then he got impressed with God. You understand me? We can get depressed, but that's when we need to get impressed with God. 
it's okay to get sad and low, but you need to get your eyes on Jesus and get your joy back, okay? It's okay to go through hills and valleys. Just make sure you come up to the hill again because that's where he is, all right? He's the rock. He's the one we stand upon. And, and when we think about expecting joy, you can choose today to live in a cycle of negativity and bitterness and depression. You can find a new reason to complain about the world or your coworkers or crazy people every day. You can blame other people for your problems. You can choose every day to doubt yourself and to give in continually to that negative cycle. But when you realize that the dark times of Israel's history, just like the dark times of the pregnancy of that nine months of waiting and suffering and the pain, it leads to new joy when it's born in you. Just like you can go through, I should remember, I want to remember, Heath, what it was like before you had Christ, the time where you, I mean, I just in sin and lost and didn't even know how lost I was, didn't know how evil I was, but then I got tired of being complacent, I got tired of sin I couldn't control, I got tired of negativity and gossip, I got tired of, of sin that was holding into my mind, I got tired of not being who I knew I was supposed to be, and you get frustrated with that, and when you believe in the Word with expectancy, when you believe that He is all that He says He is, when you believe that He said, if you will ask, you'll receive the Holy Spirit, if you believe it with expectancy, He'll never disappoint you. You have to believe God's word with expectancy. Your tomorrow will be better. There is hope in Christ. How many people believe God wants you to have joy? How many believe God is the source of that joy? You have to expect it. Sometimes in my life, you need, I need to sit back and say, I'm not joyful right now. You know what that means? I haven't got God as big as he is. In my little mind, uh-oh, uh-oh, hey, hold on. This situation is getting all over my mind. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm doubting what's going to happen tomorrow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to get impressed with God. I'm feeling a little depressed right now. I've got to come back to God's word and expect God to be as good as he says he is. Get impressed with God. That's expecting. second one is this, Receiving. Re- expect joy in Jesus, now receive joy in Jesus. Well, it's great to expect it, but now you receive it. Israel's promises were placed in Christ. When John saw him, he received him. There's hope in him. But not everybody that day was expecting. And because they were not expecting, not everybody that day received him. I think today many people are believing in a Christ they've made up. Because whatever you believe, that's what you'll receive. You might believe in a God that's so-so. You might believe in a God that's okay. You might believe in a God that's sometimes going to help you. You might believe in a God that is workspace. You might believe in a God that sometimes loves you and sometimes likes you. You might believe in a God that might have given you almost everything heaven has to offer. You might believe in a God that may or may not raise you from the dead. You may or may not believe in a God that can fill you with joy every single day new in the morning because i can talk about it but receiving that good news in my heart is called faith faith church listen to me you do not have to be overwhelmed you do not have to be anxious you do not have to be depressed you can say 
God, I believe your word more than I believe my circumstance. God, I believe your word more than I believe my feelings, my emotions. God, I believe this word more than I believe this earth will continue to spin tomorrow. Because there's not one thing, Jesus said there's not going to be a dot nor tissel that ever change. This world may fade away, mountains can fall and go into the sea, but God's word is everlasting to everlasting. What do you hope in? What do you believe in? Is it this or what's on TV? Is it this or what your boss says? Or is it this or what your doctor says? But come on church, this is where joy is. This is where hope is. This is where life is. Receive joy. And lastly is this. Release it. Release it. How do you act on that first day of Thanksgiving vacation here this week? How do you act on that first day of vacation? I remember when we went to Disney World. I couldn't, Carly, I, I didn't care to go to Disney World. But my family, my little girl and my wife, she's a little girl on the inside. Oh, my gosh. It was just like, oh, this is the best day ever. You know, like, we're going on vacation. And then we can come to church and we can put our hands in our pockets, come to a Jesus who's greater than anything, everything, everything in the world. And we can hum our way through service. We can say, oh, yeah, preach it, Pastor. Amen. I can do a little golf cap. Hallelujah. Glory. Mm, holy, holy, holy. And I come on, church. Joy is birthed in the heart and it must come upward and outward. There are so many sad Christians in the world. Because why? They ain't got the same view of an incredible God. God is immense. He's majestic. He's holy. Look what Israel prophesied. And I close with this. Look what Israel prophesied about this one. Isaiah says, shout for joy, barren ones. He goes on, he says, shout for joy, those who become inhabitants of of Zion. Shout for joy because the Lord has redeemed you. Let us rejoice and be glad this day in his salvation. Zechariah would even say in chapter 2 verse 10, sing for joy and be glad you daughters of Zion for behold he the I am is coming and I am will dwell in your midst. When you realize what God has done, that he so loved the world, he gave his only son, that God, the I am, is here today for you. May your joy be full. Worship team, would you come? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Are you expecting the real Jesus today? Is he the one you've been waiting for? What are you expecting What are you seeking? Jesus is joy. Jesus is joy. What are you expecting? 